Uh, hello, my name is Paul Hare. I'm a, I'm a fellow at the Center for the National Interest and the Chicago Council on Global Affairs, and I'm joined today by Cecile Shea, who I'll invite now to introduce herself. Well, thanks. I am Cecile Shea, and I am also at the Chicago Council on Global Affairs, and uh, Paul and I are both in Chicago. So hello to everyone in the rest of the world. I thought what we'd talk about today is kind of a, a tangent from uh, President Biden's trip to the Middle East, which generated a lot of attention and a lot of commentary. But as an East Asia specialist, I was particularly struck by uh, kind of a, a single passing reference he made uh, in his presentation to the Gulf Cooperation Council, where he emphasized that the United States would remain an active, engaged partner in the Middle East uh, and specifically not leave a vacuum to be filled by China, Russia, or Iran. And uh, I was struck by the mention of China there, because it fits into the context of a lot of commentary uh, in terms of U.S. global diplomacy about where China fits into our strategy. So I was just curious, Cecile, how you interpreted that and what you made of that reference. Yeah, I was very surprised by that reference. Um, and I wasn't surprised that the White House is thinking that way because, you know, Biden is, is a realist, to use a fancy international relations term. He kind of thinks in terms of great powers. But I was surprised he would say it out loud and in front of all those Mideastern leaders, including some people with really troubling human rights records. And I don't know whether it was something that he had planned to say and it was vetted or if it was another example of his just being a little too honest sometimes. Um, and, and I say this because I think it kind of goes back to a piece that you printed on the National Interest website last week which I interpreted to mean we kind of lack nuance in our international policy and not just nuance in policy, policy choices, but really nuance in rhetoric sometimes, because I felt like his saying that was going to really get the hackles up of the Chinese. And, and I don't know, what, what was your take on the fact that he said that publicly and how is it going to play back in China? Uh, actually, it didn't surprise me that he said it publicly because I think it's kind of in the greater context. I mean, there's been a lot of rhetoric in uh, U.S. diplomacy in the last, uh, well, well, so last several years, actually, but certainly since Biden came into office about the, the, the great power competition between China and the United States. So, and, and I think there's a perception in Washington that our diplomacy everywhere is aimed in part at countering the influence of China and its efforts to expand its, its power and influence and cloud internationally. So I, I think that uh, uh, it was almost predictable to me that he would mention that uh, in the Middle East uh, because the Chinese are certainly trying to make inroads and arguably at our expense uh, in that is in every other part of the region. Yeah. Um, I think it's not gonna surprise the Chinese. I mean, I think it's, it's certainly gonna raise hackles there because the Chinese um, try to blame the United States for being the source of the zero-sum competition and what they call a Cold War mentality. Uh, and, and I think that there is a genuine strategic competition going on there. I mean, my concern is that it's been overstated, uh, you know, as an ideological existential struggle uh, that uh, runs the risk of devolving into some kind of a Cold War. But uh, uh, I think we should, uh, we need to stop short of that and see if there's some way to arrest that trend or at least that per trend and perceptions on both sides. Well, so how do we arrest it? And this is a genuine question. How do we arrest it when we're dealing with a country that is engaged with a crime against humanity, against the Uyghurs, uh, engaged in really tremendous human rights abuses in Hong Kong um, that perhaps could have done more to help the rest of the world in the early weeks of the coronavirus? I mean, it, you have to admit it's a troubling relationship. 
Oh, yeah. No, I think we definitely, and I think there's been a lot of concern that we kind of put the human rights uh, issues on the back burner. I think we need to sustain pressure on China, both bilaterally and multilaterally, on all of these issues, on human rights in Hong Kong, Xinjiang, Tibet, uh, what they're doing to dissidents, uh, any number of things that are atrocious and horrific what they're doing. Uh, I mean, my concern is that that needs to be balanced with uh, a more rational and empirically based understanding of what China's global ambitions are, which I think are somewhat overstated. And it's a difficult balancing act, but I think that uh, it's easy to, to condemn China for all of its <laughs> condemnatory behavior. Uh, but I think we also run that we at the same time, I think, run the risk of uh, exaggerating the notion that their that their ambition is to govern the world the way they govern China domestically. Uh, and I actually think that's an overstatement. So let me just you know, throw out there that, I mean, you have to admit that the concern of, say, for instance, the U.S. military is that even if we accept that China's current international ambitions are uh, not as troubling as some would say, ambitions can change and capacity remains the same. And I think that's the fears about the 12 5G network and about uh, China's growing military. But having said that, let me ask you in the time remaining where can we be cooperating with China? I mean, what, what kinds of cooperation should we be looking at? Uh, well, in the few seconds we have, you know, I think we still need to cooperate on areas where there's transnational imperatives to do so, certainly on climate change, on pandemics, uh, on global finance, uh, proliferation issues. And these are all going to be problematic, but I think that we need to, to pursue that and, uh, and emphasize cooperation as much as we do competition. Yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I think, for instance, you look at alternative energy, you know, there's a lot of room for our two countries to be working together on alternative energy, for instance. Yeah, oh, I think that's one category, too. 